0: All right, all right, all right. Um, it is currently eleven fifty-five fifteen in uh, Japan, mm-hmm. and it's World Food Day.
1: Man, what a day! <laughs>
0: oh, I missed having I missed having special days, you know.
1: <laughs> what is yeah. World Food Day? Grow, nourish, sustain together. Food heroes. Hmm.
0: This is like a UN thing. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your plucky young protagonist who flies underneath the radar of the oppressive governmental system that uses our very mortal, real mortal lives for entertainment, Soup.
1: <laughs> and I'm your jaded father figure, Cyborg Bean Man Renu. <laughs> wow,
0: I, I flubbed that one a little bit, but you know what? It's okay. We'll just keep rolling with you, it. Um, it was
1: a really long one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this week, F stands for Absolute Territory, because we will be wrapping up the Summer 2020 season. But before we get into that, what have you been up to?
1: <laughs> what a loaded question. Yeah. Um, well, you know some of the stuff I've been up to because you've heard me complain about it. But um, let's see. Work has been... Sucking the life out of me, but what's new um right. lots of overtime and such um Ugh. and it's gotten in road, and it's gotten in the way of some of our anime nights, but thankfully it's um it's lightened up, and I surprisingly got a nice little bonus from it, so that was nice.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice, yeah, I mean it at was least, really at, shocking. Least,
1: at least if you're <laughs> going
0: to be pushed to the breaking point, you might as well get yeah. compensated for it. I
1: might as well get money for it, right. <laughs>
0: It would be even worse if you didn't,
1: yeah, no, I mean usually we don't really aside from you know overtime pay, which is is good, you know, considering, um but yeah, uh no, um, in the first time in the years I've worked here, we got a a bonus for how hard we worked, but it was also like the hardest we've ever worked in this company, so jeez, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you mean, know, I, can, <laughs> I can only
0: imagine, I can only imagine in, you know, in a world that is currently in a state of medical panic that maybe we <laughs> might have some more work to do.
1: I did. You know what? We do have more work.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. Yeah. And then aside from that, you also heard from me about our little cat crisis, which mm-hmm. has been unfortunate. Um just to keep things short for our listeners and hopefully not to bring you guys down too much um there was a bit of a medical emergency with one of our foster kittens Polo he uh uh like like it was just kind of like a normal saturday and then i walked around my room around late afternoon and then i found like a little pool of blood next to my bed and that was panic and oh. so then i i followed it cuz there were little kitty paws trailing out of the blood and there was another little pool outside my room and I was like, oh my God. So uh, I called my roommate and we looked around the house and of course we found Polo. His whole bottom half is soaked in blood and we immediately took him to the you know, emergency room. We had to take him to a couple places actually because the first place didn't really find anything wrong with him and we were suspicious of that because the next uh... day he was instantly like, he, he he seemed like he was going to die. Um, so, uh, thankfully, we found a vet who actually ran a blood panel on him, saw how awful of a state he was in, and uh, immediately got us into um, uh, one of the best vet hospitals in our city. And so they've been taking care of him, and he's been with them ever since. Um, so he's been in there for... About half a week now, um, and thankfully, today, actually, they told us that he's no longer in, uh, he's no longer critically ill, Mm. which means that he's no longer in need of, like, emergency emergency services, right? Um, But they're keeping a close eye on him, and they're monitoring him every day, Uh, so um, hopefully, if things go well, he'll continue healing up, and he won't need surgery, but... Ultimately the cause was somehow he got a tear in his urethra and oh. yeah that caused yeah. all of the fluids that usually go in your in in the bladder to just leak Ugh. out into his abdomen right and he was just Eww. he was just sitting in that um so we have no idea how it happened we have been you know asking the vets every time like have you found have you gotten any closer to finding like an, an answer because we didn't find any evidence and we didn't hear any noise or anything that would lead us to believe, like, he had, like, some kind of freak accident or something that would cause it to tear. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. Uh So, um hopefully, he'll get to a point where he can just kind of let it heal on its own because it's apparently not that huge of a tear, but it will take some time to heal. Um, And they don't want to, like, go in there with surgery because that might... um scar up the tissue and because the urethra is such a tiny little tube it might close up that tube and it'll give him difficulty for the rest of his life if uh they have to continually like remove the scar tissue and stuff like that so um yeah um it's been a very trying week um <laughs> i've learned uh that i uh, i look like i i got stung by 10,000 bees when i've <laughs> when i am panicking over a kitten because my face was super swollen over the weekend oh <laughs> <Aww. laughs> um but yeah no i i am optimistic that he'll continue healing up and doing well so hopefully uh nothing super crazy happens mm-hmm. um and then, aside from that, I've also been trying to work on Inktober, but it's been very difficult running around in the chaos of trying to help our kittens. So, mm-hmm. of course. I'm really far behind. <laughs> um, hopefully yeah, we're, we're I can halfway uh, through the month. So, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I need to catch up. So, <laughs> that, there's that. And that's, that's been my horribly busy month. (laughs) Half a month. Oh.
0: Wow. There there we go. There we go. Yep.
1: I didn't have much to talk about last time, but then it all hit this time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess I guess so. I guess so.
1: (laughs) Oh and it was my birthday recently. Ah happy birthday.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Why wait, why didn't I know that? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Oh, I feel like I've I've done you I've done you wrong.
1: See, I'm the parent and the the child isn't really, you know, the child doesn't celebrate the parents birthday that often. I celebrate I your don't birthday. I don't know what you mean. My parents
0: fucking <laughs> love being pampered on their birthday. I swear to god, one of their birthdays rolls around and it's just like, "Hey, so do you want to like do you want to like cook dinner for uh-huh. eight people?" And I'm like, "I guess I can."
1: <laughs> My parents are the opposite. They're like, "Oh, well. Wow, we're surprised you remembered. Thanks." And I'm like, "I remember every year." <laughs> Wow. <laughs> i remember because you guys don't remember
0: <laughs> complete complete opposite my parents love birthdays.
1: oh yeah. uh, well that's nice <laughs> yeah. um yeah okay i think that's it i think i think we're good uh okay. maybe we'll All go right. out for barbecue this weekend to celebrate birthday oh, that, stuff that so nice. that'll be nice yeah like nice. japanese barbecue or something yeah
0: Ooh, that sounds
1: lovely <laughs> Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm still I'm still too paranoid to go eat at restaurants. Like my parents the other day were just like, hey, um, so we were thinking about like going uh going somewhere with like outdoor seating and like uh, eating some like sushi or whatever. And I'm just like, but but we could just stay inside. Like we could order takeout and then eat in the comfort of our own home where we're not at risk of being diseased by other people. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean. It it helps that like I'm not the kind of person who really enjoys going outside that much. Like obviously, I really miss being outside and hanging out with my friends, and I don't know, sitting down at restaurants. I I really miss sitting down at restaurants. Right. <laughs> but, but on the other hand, I'm also like, I'm I'm okay. I think <laughs> I, I think You'll I live. think I'm okay. I'll live. I'll live. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. You get takeout, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have I've been getting takeout now now and again uh, when okay. when I can. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. like eating at restaurants is expensive, so I, I try not to do it too often. Um, but sometimes you just have a craving that you gotta you gotta satisfy. You know, like <laughs> I I was craving burgers so badly. I went to a burger place. I got a burger and fries, and then um, I think the next day I went to the grocery store to get burger fixings to make burgers for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I just really wanted hamburgers I,
1: I don't know what to
0: say um sometimes you yeah, gotta sometimes, follow
1: your tummy <laughs> yeah sometimes
0: sometimes i uh i just really start craving a food like very badly and i like need yeah. to have it um, yeah i feel that yeah at, at you know uh at some point in in uh the course of the last like month or so it was pizza but like specifically like detroit style pizza so i had to go find <laughs> okay. like detroit style pizza near where i live which is like a little harder than than it really should be, um, unless I wanted to drive like kind of out of my way, <laughs> and I didn't really. Um, but it ended up it's being so fine. Specific. The pizza I got was amazing. Um, okay. It was actually the only pizza I've ever had where each slice of pizza made me hungrier.
1: <laughs> you had a real craving, the craving yeah. that never
0: ends. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was really impressive. I probably could have eaten like half of the pizza at at any at uh in one sitting, but. Um, I didn't because my, my mom was like, Hey, we're thinking of getting like, you know, fried chicken and, and beer for, for dinner tonight. And I'm like, Oh, I brought this pizza. I guess, I guess I'll eat a slice now and then eat some chicken later, which is what I did. <laughs> <laughs> But did um, you get hungrier? <laughs> did I get hungry? I did. I, after I ate that slice of pizza, I was like, I am so hungry.
1: Bro, this is did you read did you read the Phantom Tollbooth when you were younger? It's I like did. The children's it, novel. But doesn't I, it I remind the Phantom,
0: you? I, I don't Okay, I'm gonna be honest here. I don't remember okay. anything about the Phantom Tollbooth. I'm okay. pretty sure I read it in third or fourth grade.
1: Okay, I'll I'll tell you the one thing I remember about it is he he comes he goes to this place and he ends up eating this stuff called subtraction soup and Ah. the more that he eats it the the more the hungrier he is
0: (laughs) Ah. wow that's fitting
1: yeah that's that's your pizza you ate subtraction pizza I ate subtraction
0: pizza very tasty um but yeah I mean there's something like very appealing about Detroit style pizza because it's, it's different than normal pizza, right? Normal pizza is like, um, there's a couple of different kinds of pizza. Obviously, like, you know, there's like your New York slice where it's like, you know, thin and you fold it and it's like nice. Um, there mm. is like, obviously, Chicago Deep Dish, which is like mm-hmm. a casserole basically, lots of cheese and tomato. I don't understand people who don't like deep dish pizza because it's just cheese and tomato sauce and meat and then some yeah. bread. Right? Yeah. It's like I'm having a pizza soup on, on bread. What is not to like <laughs> like I'm eating pizza soup in a bread bowl. What is not to like about this? I don't whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but Detroit style pizza is characterized by the the like pan it's baked in. It's baked in like um like a like a high rim pan. So okay. it's a lot it's a lot like eating bread. Like kind of like a Sicilian style pizza, where it's like okay. a lot of bread and then the stuff on top and it's so good cuz the bread is like light and airy and oh mm mm mwah tasty <laughs> um i'm getting hungry just thinking about it <laughs> that's a problem so uh yeah i've been i've been going out and getting food now and again um just mm. kind of exploring what's what's around mm-hmm. here cuz you know obviously i moved like not too long ago um so it's it's nice to get a chance to just like look around and and, and see what is available to eat um that's always eat. been kind of the most exciting part of being anywhere which is like ah new food opportunities right
1: yeah of course
0: <laughs> um but yeah yeah so other than that i've been playing um i've been playing some dark souls uh this is interesting i have been streaming dark souls for the last week or so and you have
1: it's always out of time i can't catch it because i'm like yeah. asleep so unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately
0: um Due to like my personal sleeping schedule and also the fact that um I was playing in, in the the company of some of my friends, so we like kind of play as a as a crew where I play Ooh. and then they just watch and commentate and then yell at me mm-hmm. when I die. Um <laughs> <laughs> Good friends. <laughs> uh but it's been it's been basically like it's it's like one hundred percent like a red eye stream where it's like, you know, twelve to one AM <laughs> and then like it goes until like five or six AM um, Yeah. like West Coast time. So yeah. it's like most people, like, most of the time, like, there's not really that many people watch. It's just the people who are in, in the, like, channel with me chatting. Um, yeah. But sometimes, like, sometimes, like, somebody will, will come in and watch. And that's, that's pretty cool. Um, sometimes some of my friends swing by before they have to, like, start working for the day, which I think is really funny. Um, yeah, I thought about doing on-
1: that. <laughs> cause, yeah,
0: because, like, most everybody I know at this point lives at least one or two time zones ahead of me. Yes. Right. So I mean, really by the end of the stream people are like waking up to go to work.
1: So, right. So um, <laughs> I, I think
0: that's uh, I think that's fun. But yeah, um I I actually finished Dark Souls the other day. So Oh, congrats. Uh, the uh, at the time of recording, which is the um the 15th. So we uh, we finished it last night actually. Um ah. technically this morning. If if you wanna be particular about it. Um I finished Dark Souls and um I gotta say, I had a really good time playing it, and I probably am gonna move on to streaming something else that's not Dark Souls, um, at least for the time being. I'm I'm planning on playing the next two games, like Dark Souls two and then Dark Souls three. Um and then like probably Sekiro after that, because you know, Bloodborne isn't on PC yet, uh. I'm praying. Um <laughs> But I don't own it is the thing. Uh, And I don't want to buy it for $40. So uh, I'm just going to wait until like the the sort of like winter holiday sale on Steam and then pick it up then. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I did find out was um, because, you know, obviously I've been having a good time streaming. So um, I think I'm probably going to do a little bit more of it. Um, What I found out was that, uh, there is a Sega sale going on. Sega. So I bought Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza uh, Kiwami too. Oh
1: uh, wait, twenty five dollars. Have uh,
0: I haven't played Zero, but I watched somebody play through all of it. So okay. Um, I'm I'm aware of what happens in in Yakuza okay. Zero. So I I have I have the base I have the very like ground floor basis okay. of Yakuza. Okay, all right.
1: Um, um, I will yeah. argue that Zero. Felt a lot more fun for me to play versus the Kiwami's, but that's because it's a much bigger game. You know, oh, it has like a lot more okay. like mini games and stuff in there and quests sure, and all that. Sure. But yeah, yeah. Um, Kiwami the the Kiwami's are fun too in a okay. different way. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Yakuza Zero is it looked pretty fun. Um, yes, when I, it's when very I watched fun. it being played, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, I wanted to play something that had some kind of story and didn't require <laughs> me to like solve puzzles or it has
1: anything. a story <laughs>
0: yeah it has a story and i can beat people up in it and yes. honestly that overall seems like kind of a good time so i'm probably okay, uh, okay. I'm probably gonna start streaming yakuza kiwami uh at some point if if i haven't already by the time this episode comes out um actually probably i won't have started it by the time this episode comes out if i'm thinking about the timeline correctly um because I'm doing I'm so stuff this happy. weekend so happy you're going to
1: experience um, it firsthand
0: yeah i might i might uh i might not do it at like uh weird hours so that normal people can tune in um i think that would <gasps> me? be me
1: i can watch it <laughs> yeah
0: you might be able to watch it um it's funny because like really the prime hours for you are like the the sleepy time hours for me it's like <laughs> Because I, I get up at, like, 4 or 5 p.m., right? Yeah. So by the by the time you are, like, done with work and, like, um, have kind of, like, made dinner and stuff, it's, like, siesta time for me, right? It's siesta!
1: That like, it's that, like,
0: pre-lunch, like, wave of drowsiness where you want to take a nap. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, uh, really, that's, that's a problem with me and not not with you, a person who lives on a normal, <laughs> regular sleeping schedule for human beings. um. <laughs> But yeah, I was uh I was interested in starting it, so I'm gonna probably cool. be starting Yakuza Kiwami. Um Thank you, yeah, dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh other than that, I have officially um and I so, uh, I think I think that this yeah, the timeline works out that I didn't talk about this, but I, f- I finally released that essay about VTubers that ah, I was working on um cool. for forever. So, yeah. uh, if you want me, if you want to see me talk about VTubers and like, and I, it's a very like surface level kind of, uh, overview. Um, admittedly, I think it's a little deeper than like most people who look at kind of VTubers. Um, but like, uh, I'm not really going super in depth on things. I'm just kind of going the very like, you know, barest level underneath the surface. Um, okay. but touching on some, some things that I find interesting about, um. VTubers and hololive in in specific, um, because otherwise I would have been there for about like eight thousand more words. Like four thousand words is is not nothing, right? Like my yeah. essays in college were like probably like 2, 2500 words. Yeah, and so, like, this is already just kind of like t posing all over those essays. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, like, it's funny because I look at it and I'm just like, wow, I, like, really didn't go in-depth at all on any of this. But I realized if I had done, like, I just would never have gotten it done. So, I yeah. put that out there. I might write a part two at some point that that kind of digs deeper into some more of the stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I talk about a bunch of stuff in in that, um, like, obviously, uh, I kind of touch on the financial stuff. Um, I touch on, um, like, what the hell ever happened to Kizuna I. It's kind of wild, actually. Um
1: Oh, I did wonder about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um basically there was like a scandal. There was some other like VTuber uh scandal like stuff, like exploitation stuff that was happening that was um interesting. Um but Whoa. was completely uh outside the realm of like where VTubers kind of stand now, which which mm. is funny. because um, that was around the time when Vtubers were a thing in Japan only and not really mm. in the West. And now they've mm-hmm. really caught on here to the point where you know western streamers are adopting vtuber uh avatars because it's yes you know i mean there's many reasons for it right i i talk about that too i kind of talk about like identity stuff like what what does authenticity mean um when you're a streaming personality uh i touch on incels obviously like i, I talk about incels in relation to <laughs> because i think when you ha- start to conflate real life and fiction in a way where you know people are acting as characters um Especially if you are somebody who doesn't speak Japanese and you're watching people like people who are like vaguely the idea of women, um, but not because they're they're technically VTubers, so they're like 2D Mm -hmm. anime. So it's like kind of like this weird space where like a lot of really uncomfortable. And then there's like
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's like this whole
0: subplot about um, the uh, about like Chinese nationalists, like. Like, Chinese Communist Party nationalists. What? um, Because Chinese Communist Party nationalists, which are different from Chinese nationalists, as I found out, um, are very, very, very concerned about the existence of Taiwan. Okay. And Hong Kong, right? right? Because to a Chinese Communist Party nationalist, those are... Those are chinese territories yes like those those belong under the sovereignty of china meanwhile you go to one of those places and they're like yeah this is like this is taiwan
1: like yeah we we are uh, a country separate from china (laughs) we are
0: we are a country please recognize us as such yes china is like "Mm, and you know england is right "Mm, nah Right. right yeah so uh it's a very kind of fraught political situation that like really is only a problem um Realistically speaking, if you have a sort of financial interest um, or investment in in China, um, which Hollow Life does have because they have Chinese talent, right? So oh. when you, um, so basically uh, the the scandal, and I, I promise I won't talk about this for too long. Um, but I didn't go into it in the essay really that much because it just happened when I was writing it, like on the morning okay. that I was gonna put it up. But like basically, um, some VTubers got in trouble. Some of them are suspended right now, um, like on like suspension because. Uh, Chinese Communist Party nationalists got really, really upset because they showed YouTube analytics, and those YouTube analytics um, say Taiwan. They acknowledge <laughs> the existence of Taiwan, <gasps> oh
1: and so they got my
0: God. <laughs> super, super upset about it. Um, and normally that would so be like Chinese. that would be like whatever, right? Because like it, it's the internet, right? Um, uh, no, not you, you don't internet. have to listen to to people like that, except. Except for in the case where (laughs) nationalists are always the most dangerous, like, types of people, and you have uh, (laughs) Chinese talent that lives in China that could very easily be doxxed by someone dead enough, right? So, I mean, it is kind of a fraught situation where um, you're like, I wish you hadn't done that. Like, I wish you hadn't suspended people for um, accidentally using YouTube analytics to say that Taiwan is a country, which it doesn't even do by the way. They got upset over nothing. Um right. It, it said, always it doesn't say like countries, that. it says yep. geographies, apparently. Right. So like really this was they the upset over nothing. As nationalists right. tend to do, obviously. As um, as it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Um as, as any kind of um fanatics tend tend to do. They will defend whatever <sighs> whatever hill they want to die on to the death. And like, it's, it's so ridiculous, to the point where one of the, one of the like, biggest translation channels for Hololive content was like, mm, well, you see, I think they should have gotten a, a worse punishment. I think <gasps> that, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's like, I think that you should fire the, the VTuber who did this, which they obviously wouldn't do because um, the VTuber in question was, was Kiryu Coco, and she makes the most money on YouTube, period. Uh-huh. so like they're not gonna fire her that's just that's just not gonna happen um, and so basically this, this youtube channel was like we're, we're gonna strong you, uh, cover core we're not gonna translate any of your content anymore we're going to private all of our, our translation videos until you comply Whoa. with our demands which was I honestly think the silliest thing I've ever seen in my life because oh if, my you, if you go to a <laughs> bunch of people who support 2D anime waifus that stream (laughs) and you're like you either choose them or me what did you think would happen (laughs) like in what fantasy world do people actually choose to support you and not the actual talent i don't understand the like logic the logical leap here and so anyway the translation channel doesn't exist anymore because everybody decided lol we don't need that what what are you talking about
1: yeah
0: right um and it's like it's like simultaneously very, very funny and also like somewhat upsetting because you know that you know that like at least half of the people who are like lull lull by are definitely people who are completely super racist against China as a as a concept and not just the CCP, which is like a very important distinction to make. Even though those two people find themselves on the same side more often than not, it's like I hate that I have to agree with you because you're right, but you're being really shitty about why.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. It's like there's yeah. there's definitely people who conflate the the existence of China as a country and the CCP, which is not necessarily right. Like good because there is right. also people that live in China. In fact, quite a exactly. lot of them. Right.
1: There there um, are quite a few Chinese victims of certain CCP activities. Right. Right.
0: So you know that we never hear about. So it's just kind of like I I like I agree with you. That this is silly, and that we obviously like why? Why would we ever support somebody who is who was just like you? Either choose the talent or us. And It's like, well, yeah, we're gonna choose the talent. What did you expect? Right. Without right. the talent, you won't have anything to translate. What are exactly. You talking about right. And and on the other hand, I'm just like, okay, guys, can you calm down your racist boners for a second, please? Like, I, it's it's just one of those things where like people will find any excuse they can to be as shitty as humanly possible. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, they'll find any kind of justification for whatever, you know, wild opinion they have.
0: Right. So, (sighs) um, anyway, anyway, uh, that's, that's my rant about VTubers, um, and kind of current VTuber status, uh, Mm -hmm. over, um, yeah, yeah. Shall we talk yeah. about anime? I guess. I mean, really, realistically speaking, we could probably just pat out another like ten or twenty minutes talking about whatever we need to, because like we only actually watched like three or four shows. This
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? I do have something else to talk about okay. anime-related, yeah, though. Um, I've been watching more Cooking Master Boy, but I watched, but I started watching the the OG one, right? Then the one uh-huh. that came out in the nineties, and um, it taught me how to properly cook bok choy. <laughs> Oh wow! Apparently, nice. I've been cooking it kind of weird, like n- not entirely correct. And okay. so, um, I followed. I basically remembered what they did in in the episode, and then I did it. And I was like, "Wow, this tastes better!" <laughs> I did it okay, tonight. Okay. Yeah
0: how, how how uh how am I cooking it wrong, Renu? Tell me. Enlighten.
1: I well I I was cooking it wrong because I skipped the entire step where so you're supposed to have two pots, right? One that's ha- that has boiling water and one that has heated oil. And so you're supposed to put the bok choy into the the boiling water first, cook it in there, and then you uh put it in the uh the the oil pan and then you, you cook it really quickly in there and you you put your spices okay. and everything and that's it. You season it, and that, that's it. Um the way I've been cooking it, I just put it directly into just an oil pan and I just I treat it like, ah, okay. you know, other stir fry, right? right and then right. I season it and so on and so forth. But it like it 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 has a very different like texture and taste to it compared to like if you boil it first, which is like
0: Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I completely yeah. get that.
1: Yeah, so I, it has changed, mayhaps, my cooking life forever, Cooking nice. Master nice. Boy. Nice.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about this, but I don't actually cook bok choy that often. The last time I cooked bok choy, I, like, I just wrapped it in like aluminum foil with some like miso, butter, and garlic, and then I just popped it in the oven for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's such an easy vegetable to, like, like, it's so, like, nice and crisp and fresh and, and easy to palate that, like, I feel like you could cook it multiple ways and have it be, like, quote unquote, right. I just, like, I feel like the way they did it in the anime just made it taste better than the way that I had been doing yeah, it, so now yeah. I, have to, I have to do it that way.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, bok choy is, like, really big, so it's kind of nice to get, yeah. like, a parboil on it before you before you fry right. it. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I've never... I don't think I would have ever thought of that, but that makes sense. I Right. Th- this is interesting, because, like, I... um Most of the... uh Because m- I watch a lot of, like, YouTube videos about, about cooking and, like, you know, cooking mm-hmm. adjacent stuff. um. hmm so like, I just kind of have a lot of weird, useless knowledge about cooking. Like, and this is funny, but if you um, like, it's actually true though. You can you can especially if you're watching like a well-researched show like you know Cookie Master Boy or um, like even even Food Wars, really. Uh, actually, you get a lot of weird sort of ancillary knowledge about how to cook random things in certain ways mm-hmm, to make it work. Right. Like right watching watching food like youtubers and like food youtube content uh has has vastly improved my cooking in in many ways that i I never Mm. you know would have necessarily expected even Mm -hmm. though like um because like i think people approach cooking in a way where they look at a recipe and they say this is how i should do it um Mm -hmm. and like it's kind of like when, when you get handed something and you're like, just do this. Right. And you don't actually learn why any of this is the case or how to do any of it. Right. Like a good recipe will actually teach you how to, how to cook it. Right. Um, because like things, things change in kitchen to kitchen. So, so wildly, like your heat could be different. So like medium high doesn't mean anything. Um, Right. Your, your, the ambient, like moisture could be different. So it'll take like longer to do certain things or whatever. Um, So it's really nice when a recipe, especially like good recipes will essentially tell you like, this is about how much time it took me, but this is what you're looking for, right? You want it to right, look like this, yeah. you want it to right. smell like this, or you want it to sound like this, right? Right. Those are, those are good markers to have because those use your senses to actually cook. And it teaches you mm-hmm. how to cook things because it teaches you what to look for and how to get there, right? Mm-hmm. You're learning a process and you're not just right. necessarily just one by one kind of following the steps. You're learning how that all flows together to make a dish. Um,
1: right. That was, um. it's interesting you bring that up because that was pr- probably how I learned how to make like a proper meringue or like whipped cream, like way back when I was still trying to like learn really basic baking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Because like the original recipes that I used, like they would say whip it a certain amount of time, but it never achieved the consistency that I right. felt like it needed. Yeah. Right. But then eventually I read a recipe that told me exactly what I needed to look for And then I did it. And then I got it. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. My eyes have been opened.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, this is one of those things where uh, I care about it because I like to cook. And it's something that I do, you know, to feed myself, obviously. But, like, more as a hobby than not, Um, you know, I like to to go out of my comfort zone and and try to try to cook new things and um Mm -hmm. it's it's a very exciting experience so like yeah when i go out and i look for something like a recipe to eat or um, if i if i want to eat something right if i want to cook something i look at like four or five different recipes and like think about like why they're written that way and i just try to pool it together um Which I I recommend I recommend like cross referencing your your recipes if if you mm. have the time or inclination to do yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very helpful. Um. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just like it. It's funny. Like I I learned a lot of cooking from from um like cooking shows and not necessarily like yeah. you know teach you how to cook shows, but like shows where they are cooking. Like yeah. You, you you just learn like a little thing here or two, right? And you're just like, yeah. ah, now that's in my brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah. Oh, right. So the point I was gonna get to before I got completely <laughs> sidetracked was, um, so I I only know like the barest minimum about like about like Chinese cooking, and then like even less about like regional cuisine. Um, yeah. But it is always very interesting to me because it's so vastly different from how things are prepared in um, in like Western kitchens, where like there is a lot of um, it's it's a very different kind of approach, uh, I find, yeah. and it's something that I would want to learn, but also like it's daunting. It's, it's I tell you what, it's daunting. Um, but yeah, it's like you know, <laughs> it's fun- I, I learned some stuff from like Cooking Masterway, where they're like, ah, yeah, this is like this is what's called passing through oil, and I'm like,
1: whoa, <laughs> passing through oil, <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever we can get knowledge, right? <laughs> right? Right, right, right. Um,
0: if if you're interested in that Chinese cooking, demystified is also a great channel to to look at on YouTube. Mm. Um, because it's they do a, a, a the narration style is very good. They explain to you a lot of things, what you can substitute, um, what you're looking for. Very good channel. It's very cool. like demystified is the correct word. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's
1: Ooh. what that means. I right. see. Oh, that's cool.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, also Mm -hmm. also part of the problem uh, with, like, um, cooking Chinese food is obviously, like, not all grocery stores stock Chinese ingredients, so I would have to go to a Chinese grocery store or, like, an Asian grocery store. And then... And then I would have to buy all the ingredients, which yeah. I mean, granted, once I had like the sauces and condiments, I, w- I would be Gucci, but like,
1: it is mostly the sauces and condiments. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But like, then I would have to go out and, and buy all those things and it's like, ah, just so make there... one
1: big trip. Ugh.
0: yeah. I, I honestly, it's like one big trip. And then you're, you're kind of set for a long time because that stuff just doesn't go bad.
1: Yeah, the only thing you would need to restock on is like if you wanted to get like tofu or certain Chinese vegetables, you know, that kind of stuff. But right, right. Even tofu you can get in regular American grocery store, you know. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. or you could you could get like the the rare kinds of meats and bones and stuff from an Asian grocery store too. Like if you want to make like a pho broth or something. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, so that, that's kind of, uh that's kind of uh my thoughts on cooking i guess i'm speaking of oh god speaking of cooking it's absolutely fucking wild to me i don't know if you've been keeping up with this uh whatsoever but bon appetit bon appetit completely exploded and like
1: yeah where's it where is it headed now because all i heard was the initial outbreak of the drama and then yeah i didn't hear anything else
0: so the thing is that, like, um, Bon Appetit completely fell apart because um, one of the, one of the uh, uh, chefs in the test kitchen was like, hey, I'm not being paid for, for video appearances, uh, appearances, and also my salary sucks, right? Because, like, yeah. she was basically in a junior position um, making, like, $60,000 a year in New York City, like, in the middle of New York City. So, like, that's no Gucci. First of all, um, New York is one of the most expensive places to live in the world, behind San Francisco, of course. Um, but that's because San Francisco is, is impossible to live in. Um, <laughs> right, but it's like, um, so it, it came out that only certain chefs were being paid for their work um, on video, and none of the chefs who were being paid for their work on video um, were like not white right like basically they were only paying the white people which is yeah um really bad actually that's like really really bad actually yeah. that's yeah. that sucks right yeah. and so you know she came, basically um sola came out and said like hey this sucks and um also our editor in chief uh needs to needs to resign because a, a photo of him in brown face Uh, popped up which was like also just kind of absolutely wild um and what happened after that was they renegotiated their contracts with Conde Nast which is Bon Appetit's um parent company okay and tried to come to an agreement about being fairly compensated and really the end the end of that whole debacle was that they just they just wouldn't offer them anything worth taking, right? Because, like, huh. even if they were going to be offered better salaries and, and um, a, a wage for, um, or, like, um, you know, commission or whatever for video appearances, like, they, they've still been kind of shafted by the, the upper management at the company for, like, years now, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it, it would take a lot more than just, like, you know, a little bit more money to, to take that. Right. Um, right. It's one of those things where obviously, you know, you have sympathy for the people who are, um, and, and like, this is something that Sola has come out and said in interviews where like, you're, you feel like you should be grateful for the opportunity, even though, you know, you're being exploited and right. you keep thinking if you stick with it, maybe like, maybe something will come down, come right. down line for you. And right. of course the upper management doesn't care. So it never, it never will. Like the entire structure right. of the company is, is built in yes. a way to exploit people right right so sola and um most uh basically um it was sola rick and um uh priya who left um as well as some of the the kind of like other uh contractors or freelancers or or, or whatever i don't know what the exact like employment status uh, is but basically like there was a mass exodus of almost all the people of color in the bon appetit Mm. test kitchen and you know, obviously part of it was because they weren't being offered a fair wage uh, or compensation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But the terrible, terrible thing is that right after, like, pretty much, like, Right after that, videos stopped coming out because Bon Appetit was like, "Oh God, we can't put out a video now." Like, yeah, I mean,
1: obviously. (laughs) And
0: just recently, just in the last week or so, they released a video about the new Bon Appetit Test Kitchen with a new host of hosts and new faces and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, they're just they're just checking diversity boxes at this point, right? Oh, I don't, I don't malign anybody for taking the opportunity, obviously. Um, but yeah. I, as a, as a person don't want to support the company itself anymore as as right. a result of that. Right? right. Which sucks. Cause like, you know, it, we had this really cool, nice thing that was like getting us th- through the, the terrible biting months of, of quarantine <laughs> and then it just didn't exist anymore because they couldn't be bothered to pay their talent what they were worth. And like I can't overstate this enough. It is so important that that people are like valued, right? Yeah. If you are constantly devalued, like that causes damage to you as a person that cannot be financially compensated for, right? It is it is something that will grind and, like, wear away at you for the rest of your life. It will take a long time to kind of get any semblance of self-value back, which is terrible. And, like, just kind of how American society functions, really, at this point, which sucks. Um, so, obviously, I won't be watching Bon Appetit anymore. But there is, like, an upside to this, right? There's there's kind of, like, a singular shining upside to, to this whole affair, uh, which is that, you know as a as a result of all of this and people seeing just how talented and realizing just how talented and valuable sola Elweli is um she now has a bunch of uh gigs at other places where they actually pay her like she is now uh, basically a regular cast member of of binging with babish the big cooking that. youtuber right mm-hmm. um yeah. and she's like being paid like fairly presumably um i think the the contract negotiation is is quite generous in her favor um from from what i've heard and she has a lot of creative control she's not just a side character right right which is great because yeah people shouldn't be side characters that's not how you should treat people
1: and that's it's so interesting considering that you would think that conde nast would have you know a lot more resources than than a you know, a, ch- oh. a channel like Binging oh, yeah. with Abish that just came up, you know, m- a lot more recently than them, right? Kun- um, Kunde Nast
0: absolutely yeah. has every single capability to right. pay people fairly. It just doesn't.
1: Right, which is, you know, it's it's very transparent when you see one of these talents just go to somewhere else and then they get paid a lot better and they're treated a lot better and they don't have to look back. And it's like, it just it just further exposes you know the uh corruption (laughs) unfairness (laughs) there is actually like a
0: a big systemic issue at at play in in bon appetit like in the kind of microcosm of bon appetit that is indicative of the larger kind of problematic structures that exist in in the the rest of the world right Mm. um it's not an isolated incident. This is just how people are treated everywhere, right? And it would be, right. it would be very cool if people like recognize that, right? Also, yeah. Um, where people are exploited in ways where people might not initially know. Oh, Christina Shea, Christina Shea also left, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, or at the very least, she's not appearing on video. I know um, all mm-hmm. of the non like all of the non white talent basically was just like, mm, I'm outy, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. which, which obviously sucks because they were really like lovely talented people um, who had a lot to offer, and they were just never given the opportunity and they were never compensated for essentially being second fiddle to people who were much less talented than they were right so mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of a shame because we we had something really nice, and all like really like it just shows how resistant structures are to change right where like that coming out was like the real possibility for for a real negotiation about, like, how to change a structure to be better than it currently right. is. And they just decided, well, we're just going to stick with, you know, what, what we're comfortable with, right? We're just going to keep exploiting people who need the opportunity, quote-unquote, they need the exposure to, <laughs> to you know, um, make it because, like, it's really fraught being any, any kind of person with a job, really. Like, when your job security is so, like, heavily tied up in doing what your employer asks of you, it just it's so constricting right you have no freedom whatsoever it's really quite awful really quite awful um Mm -hmm. so basically bon appetit exploded and collapsed under its own weight because conde nost could not be bothered to not be racist enough (laughs) to not be not racist enough i should say yeah all right um I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could ever support Bon Appetit again unless they really, like, showed, like, hey, this is, like, the concrete changes we're making, um, and none of them really have been, have been good enough, which is, uh, boy, it kind of, like, really doesn't make you that, that stoked about the November election, does it, huh? <laughs> it really, really doesn't make you super stoked about hey, it man. at all whatsoever, huh? You know, get stoked on voting. That's, yeah, that's all. Get stoked in voting. And if voting doesn't work well, there's always revolution.
1: Speaking of revolution, <laughs> no. let's talk about anime.
0: Um I think I think the it's anime, about time revolution? About anime. Let's talk about decadence, <laughs> right? Because I think I think I have the most okay. to say about decadence, probably. Okay. Um, so decadence is fucking wild.
1: <laughs> also, um in line with our revolution discussion.
0: <laughs> right. So Whatever you think decadence is after watching the first episode, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Because, because what, be, uh, so here's the thing. You see decadence, you see the trailer, and you're like, wow, cool robot, right? And um, you're like, oh, yeah. it looks like kind of an Attack on Titan setup. And then you get to the second episode, and you're like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> so basically,
0: humanity is on its last vestiges. Like, it exists only in one city. Um, yeah. And they have to fight, like, colossal odds and giant monsters that want to kill and eat them. But it mm-hmm. turns out that all of that is a fabrication by the system, which is a, a, a large governing sort of uh, AI in space. And yes. it essentially runs this super tightly packed, efficient, like maximum efficiency system for cyborgs, who are the only like basically remaining uh species other than like the one group of humans um on decadence, which is what they call the big city. Um it uh it turns out that they are using the fight against the Godol, which is the the large bug monsters as entertainment they're basically playing an mmorpg except it's real and they control like avatars but the tankers who are the human beings the real human beings those are real people with real feelings and thoughts and uh yeah wow okay
1: (laughs) here we go (laughs) here we go and what happens
0: is you get uh you get this um relationship that that um this like very like father-daughter relationship that forms between uh kaburagi which is like this old jaded you know top uh, mmo player and um natsume (laughs) who is who is this like young plucky girl who has uh like she's she's um not assigned to be a uh, a fighter but she really wants to be a fighter so that she can you know save people um and it's basically Everything about it is so wild because it goes in, like, directions that I just, like, didn't think it would. It touches right. on things I didn't think it would, right? Right. And all of it is, like, what? This anime <laughs> is so good.
1: It it Despite how crazy things get and how many wild turns it takes, there is a solid story here. And really solid character development and arcs and personalities that you really root for. And in the end, you just, you just keep watching until the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. So, like, here's, here's the thing, right? Um, first of all, there's, like, the entire idea of, of the system, this kind of overarching um, governmental body that uh, is, is essentially a corporation. It's, basic, it's, a, it's basically a corporation, right? And the MMO is how all of the cyborgs relax after, after doing work, uh, whatever the mm-hmm. work is. Um, Mm -hmm. it kind of depends Um, that's not really clear but it doesn't matter because the system essentially maximizes for efficiency so like every cyborg is a part of the system Um, they're all building blocks that make up the system and they all you know go and they they obediently do their their jobs and then they maybe relax afterwards right if that sounds familiar to you that's because that is the the capitalist working day right you go to work (laughs) you do your work as a cog in the machine you go home and then you play video games that Mm -hmm. is Yep. that is not subtle, right? Yeah, and then you have uh this whole thing about the exploitation of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. These human beings are at the very like edge of of like civilization, right? They they're they're in the post apocalypse and they're just doing what it takes to get by, right? They rely on the Gadol for fuel and and meat um and to, like to eat food basically. And it's all a lie. It's all made up by by the system. So, as entertainment, right? Right. Um. And that entertainment is necessary because it it essentially keeps all the workers in line, right? When they when they have a chance to enjoy themselves, like they they go back to work and they they do all their work and stuff, right? So mm-hmm. it is this loop where um, the exploitation. Of, of these humans is is entertainment for the, you know, higher powers that be, the cyborgs, um, because yeah. most of humanity wiped itself out in a giant war a long time ago because humans are bad. And really that's not a surprise, actually. Um, that's just <laughs> real life. So um, it's interesting because there's a lot of discussion about um, kind of like this, like, high hyper efficient authoritarianism where um everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do there's like no real freedom to do um what you want uh and everybody is a necessary part of the system like you're just you're kind of just a cog in the machine right and that is safe to people that is safe right. to people because right. um the system was created so that it wouldn't repeat the mistakes of humanity right yeah Um, and, um, the idea is that the system governs everything, tells everybody what to do, you know, what, what to do so that there's no, you know, conflict, obviously. Um, but that's an authoritarian system, right? Like that's, that's just like the corporation tells you what to do and then you do it. And then they give you the fuel you need to stay alive. By the way, this is not a (laughs) subtle metaphor. Like they literally pay you in the fuel you use who stay alive as a cyborg so like <laughs> yeah right like your, your lives are inextricably tied to this this big corporate structure from which you cannot escape or you will literally die because they manufacture all of the, the needs for your survival and they control that flow right mm-hmm. and then you have the bugs which are essentially um beings, cyborgs or humans that act outside of the scope of the, the system and they are systematically eliminated because they, they pose a danger to the system. Because obviously they do, right? If you have a bug, it, it proves that there is a way of, of living, a way of being that is not like in line with how the system works. And that's dangerous to the system because if people realize that the system doesn't work, well, they're not so inclined to listen to it. Right? If, right. if they realize yep. that they're. That, if you realize that better things are possible, <laughs> you will have no faith in the system which controls you, that promises you that better things are not possible, that you are at the best point in history because there is. Everything else has been tried and it didn't work. And now this is the only thing that will and can work. Right.
1: Right. Yep.
0: So. You know, that's, that's, that's capitalism, baby. Like, (laughs) that's, that's not a a super subtle metaphor, really, at all. Um, But like, you know, there, there is this recognition of this anxiety of um, uh, anxiety that leads to authoritarianism, people like being told where to go and what to do, because it means they don't have to make decisions for themselves. When somebody says, Hey, believe in me, I'm very strong and cool and I can take care of all of the problems. I can put everything in its rightful place. That is comforting to people because they don't have to do it that but that that is authoritarianism, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And. It's, it's interesting because there's, there's a lot of like these interlocking things. Like, obviously there's like the aspect where entertainment is, is the way that these, these workers are kept in line. The way that that entertainment is exploitation, which, you know, looks a little bit like our life in real human world where, uh, you know, all of our sort of, uh, consumer goods are manufactured in like sweatshops in china or whatever where like workers (laughs) are being exploited to such like heights that they have to put suicide nets up so that people (sighs) stop splatting themselves on the sidewalk to death Uh right it's like you are exploiting real sentient human beings for the purpose of entertainment at that point mm-hmm. right it's not such mm-hmm. a direct line in in our real world necessarily but i mean even if you look at like an like uh, I, I i i just hit it I, my brain just hit it if you look at the animation and video game industries that's literally what's happening
1: yep it is mm-hmm. literally
0: people being it ground sure into is. dust yep. to produce entertainment for you yeah and like if you look at the the first or second episode i don't remember what it is at this point um where like, you can see this disconnect between the players of the MMO who are, like, looking at the the tankers who don't know that this is all a fabricated game or, or system, and they're mourning their dead because their friends died, right? Yep. The, the people that they mm-hmm. care about just died, and they, they have this kind of, like, um you know, a funeral sequence where they're, like, saying goodbye, and the, the people who have no investment in that don't realize why that's important. And then, like... Right. You have all this kind of other stuff about, um, uh, like, when the tankers get together, they can accomplish things that are outside the scope of the system that it does not expect. Like when they use all of the housing kits to patch a hole in the wall that was supposed to be used for, like, an event, right? You would never expect the NPCs of your game to fix the event that causes, like, something to supposed to be happening right but they did because somebody was able to get them to organize so you know the solution obviously here is organize, and you can have a revolution you can enact change (laughs) you can make better (laughs) things happen
1: (laughs) yeah and and i mean uh before and uh natsume intervened in that whole situation to get them organized they were content to just leave it to the gears to to handle the giant hole in the side of their wall <laughs> they right. were like this is this isn't our job this isn't our role we we know our role we'll stick to it and uh to their own detriment and to their right. and it completely lacked any sense it's like you guys build things you have supplies to build things fix the hole in the wall or else the monsters are going to come in and they're like no nah, no nah, the, the gears are going to take care of it that's not our job
0: <laughs> right. It's it's too big of a hole. We can't fix it unless exactly. we all work together. Ah. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And then Natsume inspired them to come together and actually work on it and they were able to fi- fix it and Right. Yeah. And then there's, there's a lot, yeah. <laughs> and then
0: the things that yeah. the system uses uh accidentally create a monster that they cannot control. Ah. And so <laughs> What does the system do in response to that? Well, they just decide we'll just delete the whole thing, huh? Right. We'll just delete the whole thing. It, it is all it. gone. Yep. Which is <laughs> distressingly close to our global response to climate change, really. It's like, well, we caused this problem. It has now spiraled out of our control. And instead of doing anything about it, we're going to say, eh, fuck it. Let it burn. Yeah. Because somebody has to make a little bit more money. Uh-huh. That somebody is the Koch brothers, specifically. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, and, and like, it, there's this kind of thing about, um, like, what... Because, what, like, I was thinking a lot about, about the ending of Decadence and, and what it has to say. And um, it's interesting to me that one of the central kind of pillars of the entire show is, is this relationship um, between Natsume and uh, Kaparagi, where... Yeah. Like it is this this connection between two very different people with very different backgrounds and um, uh, really like very different uh, like they're worlds apart literally and mm-hmm. they build a relationship and they build empathy for each other because you know otherwise tankers and gears are are separate right they're completely yeah. separate entities they don't interact with each other yeah Almo- like almost at all right. Um, but Kaburagi and and Natsume are a tanker and a gear who have like a real like friendship between them a real like kind of mentorship and that empathy is what allows Kaburagi to be like okay well I I think it's possible to for things to change then right I think it's possible for um, you know things to um, be better and it's interesting because to me that is that is this idea that what we need in in times of, of duress, um, in, in a world that really only cares about you as as a number, as a gear in the system, like the naming scheme by the way is not very subtle either, right? It's a very on the nose <laughs> metaphor, but it's it's very good, very well well delivered. Um I like it, yeah. But it's empathy right like yeah. it, it is the empathy between Kaburagi and and natsume that that leads to him being able to see the perspective of of the tankers to see what it's like to live in a world where you are constantly constantly on edge constantly on the brink of complete and utter annihilation and like have to like wonder what that does to a person and what that does to mm. a group of people right yeah and so Kabaragi decides, well this sucks. I'm going to I'm going to, you know, bust the system up. I will do whatever it takes to to break the system then. Um because you Ford know Natsume is a bug, right? Yeah. She she's not recognized by the system. She operates outside of it and she shows yeah. Kabaragi that um one does not have to be subservient to the system to exist.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um
0: and, and then like there's lots of punching and robots and and other other stuff like that, uh, <laughs> which is pretty amusing. All the fight scenes are actually really good in this uh, show; like they're really well really animated. Um, I like surprisingly, them. yeah. yeah. Um, and then at the end of the at the end of the show, um, uh, basically the the system is like, um, ah, you see, bugs are also part of the system, and then it just kind of leaves off like that. And you're like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> um, and like, obviously, I think there there is some merit to that idea, especially if you you think about um, uh, if you think about uh, what's it called, uh, Mark Fisher's capitalist realism—the um, idea that like things uh, outside the system are eventually incorporated into the system of capitalism um, in ways that make them docile—and um, you could either read it that way, where like you know at the end of the the story, nothing has really changed. Um, I I. Pro- Personally, I prefer to give it a more generous reading. I think the idea that um, really what we should do is we should change the system to suit our own needs and not just just be subservient to it um, is is kind of what I see happening in, in the end of decadence, um, where they're where yeah. basically they create a new society. And like this is the thing, right, about the old system of decadence. Of the old system of decadence is complete and utter stagnation. Right? right, nothing ever changes it's all the same all the time for the rest of time and it takes Natsume, to, uh, it takes Natsume and, and Kaburagi breaking down the system and, um, and changing very fundamental parts of it like this separation between you know, the gears and the tankers to create something new where um, essentially um, even if the system still exists um, there is a possibility for futurity right there is a future that is being built um time is passing again like you're not just in the post-apocalypse correct yeah like you're just fighting for survival you're in the post -post post-apocalypse where Mm -hmm. you're starting to build something new right you're not just trying to get something old back you're trying to build something new which i think is very important to look at right especially in the face of climate disaster jesus christ
1: yeah, it's it's kind of like the end of Wally or whatever, you
0: know. Like, yeah, they... it's very much. You know, it's yeah. funny. It has a very like end, like a very end of a Disney movie kind of feeling to it, which is yeah. on purpose because yeah. the um, the stated inspiration for Decadence was Wreck It Ralph, and there's an entire <laughs> sequence that is that Monsters Inc. door sequence, but in an anime. Uh,
1: yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so it's kind of unsurprising to me that the end of the the series would look like. Would look like Wally, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: obviously, like Wally e um, has its own sort of critiques of uh, of capitalist culture, um, right? The idea of consuming a world entire in its entirety, um,
1: yeah, and, and all I that think, sort of stuff. Yeah, I think um, it might be worth um, if I if I have you sit down and watch Psychopaths as well, because that has obviously really similar themes. But if you imagine the system. Uh, is at a point where it is at the end of decadence where it accepts the fact that there are bugs psychopath explores that a lot um, okay. where yeah. it's a system that that accepts the reality that there are bugs and tries to optimize on that right. <laughs> so it's not necessarily yeah. in an, an optimistic way but it is a very interesting experiment
0: I've, um, I've always been interested in in because yeah. it's one of the few anime that's like very explicitly cyberpunk um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in, a, in setting, at least. Um, obviously, yeah. I don't know how much you can be cyberpunk while also your main characters being cops. But, like, you know, negotiating, <laughs> negotiating right. the, the corrupt system as uh, yeah. as, a, as a person, right, is, is always right. an interesting mm-hmm. theme. Um, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I will definitely have to sit down and watch it at some point because that's very interesting.
1: Yeah. We, maybe we could do, like, an episode or whatever. Sure. Like part of sure. an episode about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Decadence is definitely just like overall a really interesting watch. If you are on board for a wild ride, but a solid character story strung throughout, then yeah, it's, it's a great watch. It's so fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super, super solid. Um, yeah. Like, 100%, I would, I would recommend this as a really good anime, and it has some interesting things to say, in it's very ham f-
1: no, I'm, I'm not going to say
0: ham-fisted. It's not ham-fisted, because that would... That it has would,
1: a giant robot fist in it, though. It, it does have <laughs> a giant fist in
0: it, right? <laughs> hand-fisted <laughs> implies that it is is something that is forced. It's not forced at all. It's, it's not forced. completely yeah. into right. the narrative and themes of the show. It just yeah. also happens to be a very obvious metaphor, right? Yes, yes. It's it's not the kind of subtle. It's not the kind of subtle metaphor that you know you 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 might expect from um, God, I don't know, like Cowboy Bebop, I guess. Like Cowboy Bebop is oh. pretty subtle metaphors. Um, <laughs> but like. Yeah, decadence, like, Promare is just kind of just like, ah, yeah, uh, we're, yeah, we're yeah, going to die face about it. if we <laughs> yeah. don't fix the world. <laughs> like, like, we're going to die a lot, so right. maybe maybe right. try and, and fix it in the face of uh of climate change, climate disaster, and eco-fascism, <laughs> right? All of those kinds of things, right? Anyway. Yeah. Um, those are my thoughts on decadence. I probably have some more, honestly, but, like, uh, I can't recall them off the top of my head, and it's just best to move on right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Another essay, but on decadence. <laughs> oh my, oh
0: my it's it's really good. It's really good, and I did. I, I will say, I did really like um their uh the the kind of uh sub narrative about about disability throughout decadence. Um, about what yeah, it means to be a that was nice. Person. Yeah, like, yeah. It's always interesting when you see disabled characters in, in anime because um, it's not super often. Um, and, like, whether the portrayal um, of them is, is good or not is not really something that I can answer for you. I think it's really good in this, um, personally speaking. Obviously, I'm not a disabled person, so I couldn't say, for instance. But, sure. Like, I like that Kabaragi gives her this arm and says, this is not your weakness, this is your strength. I think that's a really, yeah. really great moment. Um, like, really yeah. under, undervalued, great moment um, in the season as a whole. I think that that moment was awesome, right?
1: Yeah, I, I really liked, um, before that, too, like, the tension between her and her friend and how her friend keeps looking at her hand and, like, Right. Definitely treats her disability as a disability. And it, it creates such a huge rift of discomfort between them.
0: Yeah, right? There's this difference <laughs> yeah. between somebody who essentially feels pity for you, who says, like, oh, right. it must be so hard to live like that. Like, I don't know how you live like that. Right. And somebody who sees that and who recognizes, like, you have potential in you that is not only not, like, hindered by that, uh, by, the, by your disability, it is actually aided by, by your disability, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have potential that other people do not have because of it. Right, um, right. And I think that that is, that is kind of, at least for anime, that's awesome, right? In many yeah, ways, like, that's absolutely. what makes, like, the, the disability representation in Fullmetal Alchemist so good, because not only are there a lot yeah. of people with, you know, physical disabilities, um, because the context is obviously, like, they live in, war, they live in wartown USA, right? Um, LAUGHTER uh, Wartown
1: Europe, okay. Wartown, war, war war, war not
0: Germany. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Like,
0: but like, um, obviously, because because like, um, it makes sense in the fiction for a lot of people to have you know physical disabilities. But at the same time, there's a very robust system that addresses it in a way that doesn't necessarily solve the issue. I
1: mm-hmm. guess you could
0: say, but in a way that like makes it something interesting to explore, where. Yeah. Um, the Elrics see their their disability, right? You know, the lack of body or arms or leg, um, mm-hmm. as a as a testament to what they did wrong, right? They mm-hmm. they see it as a direct result of something that they did wrong and something that they they want want to fix for various reasons. It's and, and the thing is like, if it was just like, um, you know, I'm a person with without an arm, I would like my arm back, right? That would be one thing. But the fact that that Um, that, that relationship is actually more, I did something wrong. I need to help my brother and I did something wrong. I need to help my brother. Right. Right. That core is what makes it so interesting and complicated and nuanced and like really great because there are different levels of disability as well. Right. Where, where, um, Edward does not face the same challenges that Alphonse does, And they they fight about it sometimes. Yeah, right. Yeah, they get into an actual Mm -hmm. fight about it because Mm -hmm. because it's um like how how do I know that you know you didn't just invent me or whatever right? There's Mm -hmm. this really interesting depersonalization that happens. Right, Mm -hmm. and like I think I'm I think like um people have said this definitely better than than me because like you know obviously as I said I'm not a disabled person but like people have you know come out and said like I'm kind of sick of people who are like um. It's not good to not wish you had the disability. Like, that's just kind of, you know, that, that's, that's fine to, to not want that, right? Obviously, like, it makes your life harder in, in this world. Like, it's okay to not want that. But it's also okay to... Yeah. Like, both of those things have to be true. So there are characters in the show that continue to have their disabilities, and they really like, like, what, what that gives them, right? They love auto mail. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To Edward he is really grateful for it, for the opportunity, and it gives him opportunities um, in the same way that Natsume has them that he wouldn't otherwise be, be, uh, have. Like, he can transform his arm into a sword, right? Right. Like, that's really handy. And he pulls <laughs> yeah. tricks with it all the time where he's yes. just like, ah, I gotcha, it's not made of metal anymore. Ha! Yeah. It's polycarbonate, sucker. <laughs> right? And all those moments are super, super great right um and decadence kind of has very similar notes about it where it's like this is not your weakness this is your strength and i think that's really Mm -hmm.
1: cool, at least Mm -hmm. personally so yeah no i i definitely agree Mm -hmm. yeah
0: um god film alchemist is so good though i just (laughs) it's such a good good. story god we should just revisit full my alchemist god i love that show anyway <laughs> sorry um let's talk about uh, let's talk about fruits basket next i guess sure um fruits basket got really fucking wild <laughs> <laughs> I know, so I, didn't, I never read the original manga so like this is like okay at the this point, was new territory for you right this is this is at the this is at the point where like we're completely in uncharted territory for me i have no okay. idea what the hell is going on
1: okay <laughs> You got well, all the new stuff for you is like the really, really deep yeah, backstory stuff.
0: <laughs> boy, boy, it's um like I knew some of the twists, obviously, like um the fact that, that um the the head of the Soma family is actually a woman, even though like it's kind of supposed to be like a, a an androgyny secret kind of thing.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Uh
0: man, I Fruits Basket is kind of a lot. Um like, <laughs> Like obviously we we've talked a lot about how like um, you know, it, it, it talks about uh like what is what is love, how is um Yeah like how is that uh formed i guess um like what what Mm -hmm. shape does love take um Mm -hmm. what what does it mean to to be in love All all, it kind of addresses all those questions and then at the same because like you know obviously shoujo kind of is, is about that but then at the same time it's also just like what is abuse what what counts as abuse how do abusive tendencies manifest how does abuse Replicate itself as a as a cycle. How does it affect people who are abused? How does it affect people who do the abusing? Right? It's it's incredibly uncomfortable. It's incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable to see like all of these sequences of um, of like um, Akita sama just like being such a bad person, right? Being so oh, terrible yeah. to the people oh, around yeah. her and yeah. like treating people in such a such a terrible way. And you know that like that's also the result of of circumstance, right? It's like Yes. you like it happens as a result of kind of growing up in an abusive structure. So like you know, she replicates all of all of those those behaviors and right. they trickle down and and affect everybody else in the family even if they don't choose to continue the abuse. They have ways of approaching problems and their own feelings that are not healthy and it takes a lot of work to unlearn those behaviors and to act in a way that is you know conducive to being a nice person to other people um and like like there's kind of and you know this kind of has to do with like the bonapet stuff but like there's a, a large part of it where people most of them really like all of the children just don't And can't recognize their own worth, their own kind of self-value, because it's been so continually torn down by the the structure of the family, right? It is an abusive structure. For what reason? I don't actually know. I'm I'm sure that it'll tell me later um, about why any of this is happening at all, why there's, like, a curse. It can be broken, though. Um, I think that's really interesting as a metaphor. But I... I can't parse it with the information I have right now. I have to wait until I have some more to like piece it together. yeah yeah um, <laughs>
1: they they do talk about it more <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I'm sure it'll become very, very explicit, but it, it is interesting to to look at the curse as kind of this um, essentially this this like escape from the the abusive cycle' Because, um, like the thing about the zodiac cycle right uh, and and why it works as a, a as a metaphor is specifically because it's about um it's about blessings obviously um but it's also about uh exclusion and um and that kind of stuff right like yeah the rat is is it basically lies to the cat and that's why the cat is not part of the zodiac and that's yeah. always a part of the the story that you're just like oh that that kind of sucks
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: right and and the rat essentially cheats his way up there but it's interesting because um you get the structure of that story and then that the structure of that mythology has ramifications for how the characters interact with each other, right? Like, the person who is the cat is, like, uh, would obviously just be like, whoa, hey, Rat, why would you do this to me? This sucks, right? And so naturally you, mm-hmm. have, you have that tension between um, Yuki and Kyo, um, and it transforms into something else when, when Toru enters the picture and she kind of changes how these people relate to each other, and I think that's, that's really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. It's very complicated, like, I swear to God I need a relationship chart to like parse this because sometimes' I, like, <laughs> I'm just like, all right, who's cousins again Oh, You're right, my. right. <laughs> um, I do like that it doesn't like it doesn't shy away from um like Fruits Basket, i think is is remarkable in in the respect that it is um it treats teenagers as people who have um Interiority and and complexity and have feelings yeah, mm-hmm. and but yeah. also are largely the result of how they grew up, right? Yes, they're still malleable, they're still flexible enough to change pretty quickly, um, right? When when introduced to new environments and new stimuli, but at the same time, a large part of the way they are in the moment is because of how other people tell them to be or how they learn to be from from the people around them, right?
1: Right, they're still in that kind of middle ground of trying to figure out who they are and the kind of people they want to be, but they're also, um, you know, very much subject to their parents still and what their parents say and do right. and what their what uh, Akito wants them to to say now, or do.
0: I will say I've mentioned this before. There is one absolutely draining thing about Fruits Basket, which is the amount of time and effort that is put into, like, this pining relationship between a 16-year-old girl and a 25-year-old man. Like, I don't, I don't care if they ever see each other ever again. One, I don't want them to, but two, stop it.
1: Stop it.
0: That's a nine-year gap for a 16-year-old. That's massive. That is so big. That is more than half of that girl's life.
1: That's not okay. We 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 talk about it a lot in terms of like, you know, it was the 90s. And yeah, like when I was reading it back in the 90s or whatever, mi- uh, early 2000s, it was, like, you, you end up kind of rooting for the relationship in a way because you see how much it upsets Arisa and you really love Arisa. Right, exactly. And You're like, so, ah, I want to root for you, yeah. but not in this certain respect. Like, right. But you don't think little. about it. They don't, they don't talk about it very much how old he is. I don't even remember if they oh, say Jesus. it explicitly or if it, like, oh, is just one of those side bios, you know? Cause they uh-huh. put little side right. bios yeah, for each yeah. of the characters. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, you. <laughs> The fact that we—it is a very—we're we're very conscious of it as we watch the anime. Let's just yes, say that. Yep. <laughs> and like, it's not—it's not the only thing too. There's a
0: lot of like, there's a lot of kind of one-off moments with both of Toru's friends where they're just like, mm, "sexy twenty-five-year-old man." It's like, stop it. i mean it's fine it's fine for like children to have crushes on adults that's just that's normal i would actually say right like that people people develop affections in all kinds of weird funky ways um for whatever number of reasons and it's it's perfectly Mm -hmm. normal for a um for somebody who is like in very like impressionable stages of their life to look at somebody who is like an adult human being like a composed person with a lot of complexity and nuance and like they know who they want to be et cetera, et cetera, et etc and like find themselves enamored with that right like that that's kind of the thing that like sucks about about age dynamics and like power dynamics where like the reason a lot of um the reason a lot of uh you know young girls kind of gravitate towards people who are a little bit older tends to be because like i don't know if you've noticed this but like 16 year old boys like suck a lot <laughs> like they suck a lot. Like a lot a lot. So like I I don't I don't really like it's not like like young adult men are really any better but like like a little bit. <laughs> right but like, okay so the problem is not <laughs> is not them having feelings for somebody who is much older that's that's i would say honestly fairly normal that's kind of rote at this point
1: right um they're still developing feelings right. and they've got hormones raging and it is it that. is yeah.
0: more it is more of an issue if your 25 yeah. year old man decides yeah yeah um i do feel that way but it's not right. okay according to society it's like well yeah it's not okay according to society it's not okay anytime like <laughs> yeah. this is like it, such it, a it, stark like yeah. it's such yeah. a large age gap at such an impressionable young age that any t- right. r- okay here's the thing here's a here's a blanket statement that i'm going to make that i'm almost certain holds true 95 hundred percent of the time okay so <laughs> if a 25 year old man has any romantic interest whatsoever mm-hmm. in somebody who is mm-hmm. 16 that man is mm-hmm. that man should go to jail <laughs> like that <laughs> that is not okay or good and that might point to some other systemic
1: issues uh... that, that
0: led to that because that's not
1: i'm gonna say right. that's not normal yeah.
0: i think like when, it,
1: yeah. No. <laughs>
0: when I, as somebody who is like 23, uh, rapidly approaching 24, Jesus Christ, it's already that midway through October, oh, I'm well. losing it. Um,
1: You're gonna be as old as this guy soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So the thing is, like, when when you are when you are around my age. I have not looked at a single 16-year-old person and ever thought to myself, like, I have never not thought to right. myself looking at a 16-year-old, this is a baby. Right. That's a baby. That is a child. That's a, that's yeah. a baby child who doesn't yeah. know anything yeah. because they're yeah. a baby child. They have yeah. you know, complex <laughs> feelings and interiority and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that's a baby. Like,
1: right, that is a child that I guide forward into the future. If they are any part of my life, but otherwise, that's it. Like, I barely all...
0: want to talk to sixteen-year-olds. I don't right. understand how you could be twenty-five <laughs> years old, look at a sixteen-year-old, and be like, mm, "Yeah." It's like I look at a sixteen-year-old now, and I'm just like, "This person is like, they have the face of a twelve-year-old."
1: Right? You're like, how do I talk to this person? They it's are like, a complete different generation than me. Like, <laughs> I, I
0: don't want to be condescending in any in any way, but I'm I'm just legitimately kind of just like. What do I even talk about with with right. you? Like How do how, I relate
1: with you? Like you know? Hello
0: fellow kids. <laughs> um, how about that TikTok uh, and the oh, night?
1: Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. those those
0: things? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this
1: is why parents have it hard. Cuz yeah, the generation them, gap is even bigger. I don't know <laughs> whatsoever. I Like
0: And this this is one of those things where, like, people forget what it was like to be in high school pretty quickly, I would say, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, people lose empathy for high schoolers real quick. Uh, Except for me. I never had any to begin with. I'm kidding. I'm (laughs) kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway. um, It is one of the most kind of jarring things (laughs) in an otherwise, like, really sensitive and well-put-together anime that explores mature themes that... that, uh, teenagers really do face regularly um right. and in a way that doesn't condescend to them about it like about just yeah. saying like ah things will things will get better it's like yeah things will get better maybe but also they suck right now so like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and obviously sometimes it's just like that sometimes you just have to wait until it gets better but like also i remember when i was like in high school and people were like ah it gets better and i'm like really this sucks now mm-hmm. will it get better and then yeah. I got older, and it it did not get better. <laughs> it got better in some respects. It got much much. Yeah, worse right. Than some others. things now get I'm attracted to like, you know make money yeah. and stuff, and that sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. But yeah. Uh. I mean, other than that, like Fruits Basket is like it's great. I'm I'm kind of shocked it took this long to have an actual remake for for the rest of the episodes. Um, because it it really sets the bar for how to approach like mature topics in in a way that is both sensitive mm-hmm. and interesting and nuanced and not reductive yeah. at all. Um yeah. I like I like that Toru um is is not necessarily fixing everything by being the romantic love interest, right? Cuz that's that's obviously yes. something that you're, oh my God, you're yeah. afraid of. But when yeah. when Yuki realizes like, "Oh, I don't actually like I don't actually have romantic feelings for toru necessarily um it's more that like toru is fulfilling an emotional need in me that was deprived from me by my own physical mother um
1: yeah you know that's and the the fact that they actually explore that in like a very it, it like like he just goes through it you know he he realizes that and then you're you're along there for the ride but then there's like adults there that uh, adults out in the world that exist that don't realize that kind yeah, of stuff and right. they use people that way. You know <laughs> right, like right. that this teenage boy in this story is able to go through the the whole nine yards and realize, "Ah, I don't really actually like I'm trying my best to be as honest with myself as possible and figure out what I want and I realize that it's not" her necessarily it's i just right and i like that she's around that's I,
0: I do i do like that that what it is is um it's not a kind of like like uh it's not a kind of like cinderella sleeping beauty situation where it's like ah true love conquers all it's right it's like the effort that you put in for people you care about will have positive impacts on their life probably right like <laughs> i think that's that's i mean obviously like you know that's a much more interesting idea to me personally mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. But, like, when, when Yuki is, like, um, you know, uh, ah, yes, Toru, Toru fulfills in me something that I was missing as, as, a, as a stunted youth because my mother never gave me any affection because my, ter- my family's terrible, right? Um, it's not just I'm using Toru for my own character development. It's the relationship between us as human beings, as people, has strengthened both of us right? It has been, has been mutually beneficial for both of us, because that's, that's generally speaking how relationships work, right? right. I like that the, the strength of characters comes from their relationships and not necessarily from internal power. Toru is just kind of, like, she's not that helpful in most respects, um, but she's just a really good friend, and that's yeah. honestly what most of these kids just need. They just need someone to be a good friend to them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I like I like that a lot because you know obviously I love found family tropes but like this has a very strong found family trope even though most of these kids are like kind of related to each other anyway <laughs> but it's like uh, yeah. we found family in our family because our f- our real blood immediate family is kind of shit actually
1: right yeah I think she she provides an important role to like kind of help normalize them in a way that is like. You know, you're you are a person outside of your familial bonds. Like right, it's not exactly. just about your 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 soma blood or whatever or your zodiac curse. Yeah. Like you, you are, are a person outside of that too. You are
0: more than the circumstances yeah. of your birth. And I think that's exactly. that's an excellent kind of like message to send. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um I I love that a lot, right? Cuz like mm-hmm. obviously most of the tragedy of this show comes from the circumstances of one's birth. Do they define mm-hmm. you? They don't have to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: sometimes you just need a helping hand to figure out like how to escape that mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's great like really yeah. that, I think that resonates to, to this very day um, with people yeah. uh, like you know the, the stronger you have relationships with people and the more you care about each other the stronger you will be as a unit as a whole right you might mm-hmm. even be strong enough to topple the system
1: <laughs> here we <I> go again <laughs>
0: <laughs> Viva La Revolution. Anyway, let's talk about oh God, God of God. High School, how about we?
1: Yeah, let's let's roll right into it. Um very different from Brood's Basket. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's interesting to me,
0: um uh, God of High School is because it
1: mm.
0: I have never once, I think in my life, watched a a show where there is a single continuous narrative but none of it makes any sense in in context
1: of itself. None of All yeah, okay. So so the narrative that I I gathered, all right? If I were to really think about it is that there was a god of high school tournament and then the main character's team won and that's all I know. <laughs> yeah. So the Okay, to start with, the plot
0: is already kind of convoluted in, in okay. interesting ways. Um, where, like, you have the God of High School <laughs> Tournament, which is where a bunch of high schoolers fight each other injected with machines to monitor the power levels. And the yes. idea of the God of High School Tournament is to farm for children with, um, with uh, fighting potential, with the potential for an ability called Chakuriki, or Spirit, which is essentially, no joke... The ability to summon a stand, mm-hmm. um, because gods and heroes are real, and they they give they can give you powers if you summon them uh, with your with your latent power, and um, the God of High School Tournament is meant to fish these these children um, out of the you know uh, crowds, okay. I guess, and then use them to fight a war against a cult that wants to cause Armageddon by bringing their god to Earth. They want their god to kill all other gods and be the only one. And okay, everyone else is like, yo, that's kind of whack, but we need kids. One of them is a key. The key does, I don't know, something. It's contained within the fox boy, and (sighs) he... The key is used um, to <laughs> gain special power
1: and unlock something Okay. But go- but it but okay, so that's what I thought the, the key gave him the fox power, but he already has the fox power regardless of the key, so now I no, wanna I know think, what power I, did it give him.
0: I think he had the fox power and then the key was inside of him all along. I think.
1: Yeah, but but then okay. So, so like, what does the key do for him? Because for the other guy, it made him supercharged, angry boss guy, right? A, a, I don't think b- it did anything for anyone Things, And I don't know
0: why or how. Um, <laughs> God of high school doesn't make any sense. It makes almost no sense. I, I swear to God, I watched it, like, week to week, sometimes even, like, two episodes at a time. And, like, even though there is a continuous narrative that is happening... I, like, legitimately could not tell you the sequence of events that actually, like, occurs. It's fucking wild. Now, this this seems like kind of a harsh criticism, um, but, like, really, ultimately, I don't think it really matters. Like, God of High School is so much not about its plot. Like, its plot is complete and utter bullshit nonsense. And, yet yeah, it's so fun to watch because... <laughs> the animation is great, and it's just uh-huh. people beating the shit out of each other continually, forever. Like, there's I, some I slight emotional it's... stakes, I guess, right. if, you, if you care that much, um, and like, you see what these characters are fighting for, but most of the times it's just, I like to fight, we're gonna punch good.
1: I, I, okay, so, if I were to take it in the context of the plot is just a contrivance to watch the characters fight each other, right, as is has to be the case in more battle royale kind of stories, then I I get that, but I feel like the plot of this anime was a lot wilder than a lot of other Battle Royale plots, if I were to Oh no, for sure. Yeah, like like if you were to take the plot of a fighting game, you do eventually fight God or whatever, but I think even then that it still kinda makes more sense than this.
0: I think the thing about it, right, is that there is a, a certain level of, um, of, of God of High School where it feels like, and I want to go back and I want to, I want to go back and read the webtoon to, like, see how the webtoon (laughs) handles it. Um, Uh like, I want to see if, if it's really just like a directing problem or that they try to adapt too much uh, of the story, which again would be a directing problem, um, or, or what, like, if it's a pacing issue or whatever. But things happen so fast and so, like, wildly and so all the time that, like, it is nearly impossible to keep track of what is actually happening aside from the fact that two characters on screen are, are fighting each other and that's pretty cool. Like, I think it's <laughs> nice that we have this, like, core set of characters. You have the, the trio and they have their, their own arcs which make sense in and of themselves. Um, right, but maybe not necessarily in the entire context of the the, the, the show.. Um, but I like that like we kind of have development for all the characters. they, they grow in ways, they achieve new powers. Um, one of the girl, like the girl, just summons Lu Boo because that's her stand. Her stand is Lu Boo. Um,
1: <laughs> I do okay. I do think that the the main, uh, at, le- at least the, the 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 two side characters to the main character, they they have their character development pretty early on in the show, and then right. they kind of really play second banana later on. But yeah, she summons freaking blue boo, and I was so hyped. But then that was about the peak of it. yeah yeah well after that lubu doesn't really do a whole lot unfortunately that's true he
0: just kind of shows up and then like we screen and she's like dead basically
1: yeah (laughs) he
0: doesn't doesn't die but like Uh, um i i feel like and this this is interesting but i feel like god of high school the anime was like one big prologue to the real plot that's what it feels like to me
1: if okay was... but what is the real plot then <laughs> i don't
0: know kill god <laughs> what do <are> you <laughs> i like i i couldn't tell you i i, I legitimately but they
1: summoned le- god twice and then they beat him back it's like where do we go from here
0: i just know that um whatever was happening i was my eyeballs were enjoying what was happening
1: uh, i didn't i i remember just constantly like maybe every 10 minutes or so asking what's happening. <laughs> And the answer was always,
0: I don't fucking you know.
1: Like, yeah, honestly, the you, answer was so always. If you, I you don't missed know. half of
0: an episode and then you just tuned in, you yeah. would have exactly the same amount of context as somebody <laughs> who started it from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I I kind of love God of High School for how just absolutely buck wild it is. Um, but at the same time, it is very confusing to try to keep track of. Um, there's a lot of yeah. characters. They Ugh. Most of them don't really do all that much. Some of them yeah. exist just to be ganked, which is like, wait, what? We saw this oh guy's backstory.
1: Why is he getting ganked? Yeah, yeah. What? Okay. Can you, now that we have finished the season, can you explain to me the beginning of the show where he, the guy, the tournament runner uses his cross power to like squish an island?
0: I don't remember that far do- back.
1: You don't remember the very opening sequence? Well, where I it, like
0: he, I remember he squished the island. I don't remember anything else yeah. about it.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's, but... it's interesting because it,
0: it seemed like he was a bad guy, <laughs> and then he wasn't a bad guy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, he seemed like extremely <laughs> a bad guy, and then he wasn't a bad yeah. guy. And
1: you're like, oh, yeah. okay. And then you realize, oh, he's protecting us from the gods squishing the world, it's I guess. protecting like, us I from don't...
0: literal Armageddon, full metal alchemist style. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I could not. Yeah, I, I think could not for me. Explain what was yeah, happening. Yeah,
1: no the 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 plot really. I lost track of everything when right around the time when we see Kagra beat up uh uh I uh, Sorry, I don't know. I don't remember how to pronounce his name. Um, like, in the bathroom.
0: I I also don't know how to pronounce it because they're 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 pronouncing like Korean names but in like Japanese, right. Like they call so, it, how they would call you pronounce Daewi? it in Korean? I don't fucking know. I don't know what that name would be. Okay. But, like, Davey ca- I yeah, guess. Yeah, I don't...
1: I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, where she starts fighting him in the bathroom for some reason, right? She's... She... <laughs> and then, after that, it's just a bunch of events that happen that don't really feel like they were strung together for me.
0: Yeah, that's um. that's I think generally the feeling of it. It's like there's this weird like feeling of disconnect between any of the pieces of the story, even though yes. technically speaking the story is moving forward. It is Right. It seems like a problem of like directing or editing, where it's just the story does not cohere itself.
1: Right, because up until that point it had just been about them advancing in the tournament and that was very straightforward, like, yeah, right? That's very yeah. like, you can
0: just handle that episodically. You don't necessarily need to, to exactly dive any of it. So
1: to go from that and then to them losing the tournament structure, everything just went out the window.
0: <laughs> yeah, it feels like the tournament structure carries over to the rest of the show, uh, that is not a yeah. tournament. And you're like, yeah. Wait what? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's hard to say what what the exact like structure of the story was like I don't know if it's supposed to be a one big tournament arc i don't know if it's supposed to be a uh an adventure i don't know if it's supposed to be uh, whatever it yeah, yeah i I couldn't say um
1: yeah uh it was entertaining to watch, if only with friends, so that we could all be very confused together. Um. yeah it's
0: it's it's a visually <laughs> like well put together show it's very well produced um i will say that. <laughs> um
1: i just don't know how to feel about it at the end i guess i'll watch more of it because i still don't know where yeah, it's I going yeah i just keep watching to figure expect. out what happens right um, yeah
0: honestly i would i would just say turn your brain off let your eyes do the work
1: that, yeah, um, your brain is going to struggle to keep up, and it will continue wanting to comprehend what it's seeing, but at the end of the day, I do think it's a show where you're supposed to just not think about it at all. I,
0: I believe that is, I believe that is correct. All right, shall we move on to one thing that you watched that I didn't, because I, I didn't watch anything yeah.
1: else? <laughs> Um, I finished watching Fugo KG Balance Unlimited because they finished it this season. Very nice. Yeah. Um okay, so I so we went in um very strong. Like this the sto- the show started really, really strong. Uh and then the pandemic happened. Um and so right. you can kinda see and I don't know if this was because of the pandemic or because of budget reasons, but you do notice like kind of a quality drop in a way um like the the scenes and the way that the show flows just isn't as exciting and the way that the plot unfolds isn't quite as tightly written like that kind of stuff um but it is and uh, it's it's like solidly okay I would say overall for the rest of the show the one episode I demand that everyone watch oh if you have, if you're, if you, eat, if you watched like the first couple episodes of Fugo Keiji when it, before the pandemic, you have to watch episode four because it is about our, our rich boy and he no longer has money. Oh. <laughs> and wow. it is so good (laughs) like I was like if the rest of the show is like this level of like entertainment I'm so down unfortunately it wasn't but that episode alone just watch that and then you'll have such a good time (laughs) you will feel completely fulfilled with watching it (laughs) so watch first four um, episodes and then the last one yeah I mean (laughs) the last one is like okay (laughs) Um, the way that the, the story develops, I expect that you probably won't continue. I probably will not. Won't, you won't finish it. Um, is that, uh, it gets more into Rich Boy's family's backstory. And, um, turns out that his, father was involved in some really serious experimentation with a mysterious element that would be able to power the world more what? efficiently than nuclear power right it's like that kind of like James Bond like world ending kind of plot right where people are like really like, like basically if this research gets out there then it has the potential to like uh, you know destroy the planet because people are gonna want to use it for weapons and war and stuff like that you know that kind of thing um, and so you find out also that, uh, that rich boy's dad murdered his mom or le- that's the, the understanding anyway. And then there's more, um, intrigue behind why that happened and all this and that. Um, and so they have like your, your villain twists and stuff like that. Like this is the real, villain vi- but like this is the real villain, but then later on it's like, no, this is the real villain, like that kind of thing. So it is very, it. Feels like the rest of it is structured very much like, you know, it's James Bond influences, those kind of action thriller kinds of stories, but, um, maybe because of the pandemic or maybe, you know, other reasons, but it doesn't, it didn't feel very exciting for me, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Uh you expect these kinds of sequences to be the strongest hitting points because if you're writing an action story, then your action sequences need to be really strong. And for me they were just kind of middle of the road. Uh and I don't know maybe I'm being too harsh on it or whatever, you know. Think everything considered, but if I were to just judge it as just just in in its own like in, as as its own piece of media regardless of circumstances, it was it was okay. <laughs> it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like I wasn't on the edge of my seat at all mm-hmm. during like the rest of the show either. Solidly so. okay. Solidly okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right well that's yep. that's good to know that's good to know
1: yeah um and that i guess that's it um we really didn't watch a whole lot for this season but a lot of it is because uh you know it didn't <laughs> yeah there wasn't this, much of a this season was kind exactly of a
0: quiet season um yeah aside from like a handful of like pr- like pretty to really good shows like it was well, not remarkable um if you want to watch us go through the trailers for the fall 2020 season uh that is up for patrons on our patreon and um we wrote down way too many <laughs> I'm just we gonna, did but I i'm, I'm excited letter.
1: to watch them <laughs> Yeah,
0: there's a lot of really interesting stuff um i don't know what it is maybe uh i mean it's probably just because like japan just has less covid overall and they just got back to work really um
1: I think they got back to work, but also maybe a bunch of the stuff that was slated for summer ended up uh, falling, you know, into autumn. Because yeah, I uh, know that you know
0: there was some stuff that yeah. fell through the cracks. Um, that we definitely want to revisit. Um, like for instance, uh, at some point, and I know I just don't, I don't remember, I don't know when this was supposed to come out, but like at some point, Great Pretender came out on Netflix, and I did, I heard no fanfare about it whatsoever. I just heard, ah, by the way, Great Pretender's out, and I'm like. What? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um
0: so we watched the first episode yeah. of that and it's absolutely fucking wild and we need to watch more of it.
1: Uh, yeah, I want to watch more for sure.
0: Um and obviously we started B Stars and haven't finished it yet. The manga apparently has has finished uh, as we yeah. kind of found out which is I do actually
1: want to finish that show too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So we should we should also finish B Stars. Um we might we might try to aim for like a catch-up episode where we just kind of catch all the anime that fell through the cracks um that we wanted to watch more of I'd, I'd have to comb through like all the stuff that we didn't watch though um <sighs> that would be kind of a struggle but um we do it for you the listener,
1: Thank <laughs> you, the listener.
0: Um, <laughs> but yeah so that's where we're at with that i guess um it's kind of a shame like i, I really wish really wish netflix just came out with anime week to week but that's not the first nor last time you'll ever hear me complain about that so um it's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of what it's it's kind of whatever but yeah. we um yeah if if you want to listen to our our stuff uh in in that regard um we're joined mm-hmm. by our friend vivi and you can you can listen to us react to trailers it's always it's always quite an amusing time we we roast a lot of the trailers because most of them are <laughs> pretty bad Uh, Like, some of them aren't even bad shows necessarily, they're just bad trailers. Um,
1: Yeah, some of them are really unflattering trailers, and it's really
0: sad. Specifically seeing some um, excerpts from uh, episode one of Akudama Drive, um, Mm -hmm. and seeing what happens in the trailer. uh, The trailer is so boring. The trailer of (laughs) Akudama Drive is so boring, and then you learn that it's like a cyberpunk anime where, like, Japan is split into two different, essentially, countries, and it's written oh. by the Danganronpa guy, and you're like, Whoa. Oh, okay. Um, it looks very stylish, actually, uh, but we definitely did not look at it at, in, in any favorable light when we watched the trailer. Um, but I've since added it to the list, uh, to our never-ending list <laughs> of anime to watch. Um, but yeah, if you're, uh, if you're interested in, in that, obviously, um, you can go find that on our Patreon, I'm Pretty sure you can mm-hmm. get that for like a dollar a month or whatever. Um, I should say that without knowing for sure, right? <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I don't know. Like, what, what, are, what are you gonna be up to, Renan, Where can we find you?
1: Um, you can find me on Twitter and uh, Twitch and Tumblr at Swan You can find me on Instagram at Swan I uh, have been streaming commission art and very nice. Uh, very nice. Yeah, I've been playing copious amounts of Monster Hunter World in my free time. Oh, of course. And uh oh my god, I tried out the waifu game. What? <laughs> Which Genshin one? Impact. I tried oh, it. You tried a
0: Genshin. Yeah
1: yeah. 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 Uh it's fun. It's a um it's a good game. Okay. It is it is a it is a nice way to pass the time. I and it's a pretty game. I'm I, not going to lie. Like I completely
0: you know. forgot to mention this, but I also I also yeah. have played some Genshin. Um probably okay. like Okay. -hmm. I don't know, fifteen ish hours, um, maybe less. Oh,
1: so you got you're a lot harder than me. um,
0: (laughs) Yeah. So here's the thing about Genshin Impact as a as a seasoned um, veteran of of Gacha games, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Genshin Impact is probably the most like well fleshed out game, at least on launch, um, with like the most interesting uh, gameplay because it's it's a it's an open world action RPG, right? So it's like yes. Breath of the Wild, except your weapons won't break after you swing it twice. Um, and there's like there is a of, game here. There is yeah. there is a legitimate entirely leg- yes. Listen, if somebody said pay sixty dollars for this game, I would not bat an eyelash. I'd be like, yeah, that seems about right. But it's it's a free game, um, and it's honestly. Honestly, shockingly competent and, and impressive and well put together. Very polished. Yes. Like, yes. Japanese, Chinese, Korean, English voice acting. Uh, yep. Lots of dialogue, lots of voiced dialogue. Yeah. Um, yep. Characters with actually maybe some interesting things about them that they feel like they're written a little bit. Um, and like, it's a shockingly good game for something that is completely free, except.
1: Huh? <laughs> except
0: for one one or two things which is one the resin system sucks um mm. it's abs- it, it sucks um it is a way for so basically the resin system is um there's things around the map called wells um, and there's also dungeons that you have to use resin to enter so that means you have okay. a limited kind of resource that you have to manage for entering dungeons and uh opening ley lines which are essentially like treasure chests right um, mm-hmm. there are kind of treasure chests that give you a very specific item, either money, which you do need a lot of um, or uh, I think like character upgrade materials, um, I think I don't actually pay that close attention to be honest um, I just know you're supposed to do them um, and it has a, an upper cap of 120 takes 20 to open a ley line and 23-ish to like go into a dungeon um, that system sucks because you get one of those back every 8 minutes Hmm. So it takes 160 minutes, which is more than two hours for you, to, for you to be able to, like, recover the resin that you lost going into a dungeon. And, like, that's just not fun, right? Not getting to play the game is not fun. Obviously, it uh, is something mm-hmm. that exists in a lot of gadget games, the idea of a, a stamina system or, so you can't play right. all the time forever so that right. it artificially limits you in how much you can, you can progress, um, but also rewards mm-hmm. you for paying money because you can pay money to refill the resource. Mm. The other thing I dislike about it is the gacha system, um, and this mm. is absolutely rich coming from me.
1: Uh-huh, here we go. Because I play <laughs> Grand <Gravity laughs> Fantasy,
0: which like, has like a really aggressive gacha system, but Genshin Impact's gacha system is the most predatory gacha system I've ever seen in a game because it has oh, a point, really it's a .6 percent um, five star rate to get a five star mm-hmm. anything. There is a point six percent chance you get it in any given role right um, but there is a pity timer essentially, so after ninety rolls you will get you will get a five star character after, is
1: it is it oh, ninety is a lot <laughs> ninety is a lot of rolls yeah,
0: if you're playing completely free to play um it is very difficult to hit this number um but 90 is when you, when you hit the pity timer um, and then it resets and if you go another 90, you hit the pity timer again and if you haven't gotten the rate up character on the special banner yet, you will get that character guaranteed. That is not the worst because that is mu- like, that's less rolls than most systems that have a, um, that have a, a, a sparking system, I guess um, is what it's called um, because, because of Granblue, because Granblue basically invented the sparking system. Um, where if you roll a certain number of times, you get to choose a character on the banner, and you can have it. Except oh. in Genshin, it's, you have to roll 180 times to 100% guarantee the character that is on the banner that you want. Um, but if you want a character that is not on the banner, you have to roll a lot, because they're not guaranteed for you ever. You just have to hit the PD timer and hope you get the right one. Now, the 0.6% 5-star rate is also shared with weapons. So five-star weapons and five-star characters are in the same 0.6% chance.
1: No! So, so your 0.6% chance is, is further divided by weapons. And, oh, my God. That's heinous, And dude. not only that,
0: Renu, this is, this is the worst part about it. If you get a duplicate character, like if you get another version of the character um, or another uh, copy of the character, you get an upgrade material for that character. That you feed the character and it unlocks a new ability for them. So your character gets stronger the more you roll that character, which means if you have a really low percent chance to drop something and you want to upgrade your character to his maximum potential, you need to roll an unfathomable amount of times. I watched somebody drop $1,100 trying to roll for a character that never (gasps) dropped. $1,100?
1: Eleven hundred dollars?
0: Yeah, there is a there is a video out there of somebody spending four thousand dollars on the banner. Oh my god! Why? Four thousand dollars.
1: Why would you do this? Oh my god!
0: That's nuts.
1: Uh... Anyway,
0: Gatchin Impact has the most predatory gatchins I've ever I've ever seen in my life, but. If you just never engage with it, you have a really great free-to-play Breath of the Wild clone. And no joke, some yeah. of the areas are much more interesting than Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is a lot of open space, and you do a lot of running around and, and walking. Um, in contrast, Genshin is very dense. There's always something to do in the distance. Um, like you always see something else that you can you can gravitate towards. It's a lot. Yeah, I noticed to, that. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to just yeah. kind of roam around and see what see what you can get up to. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And,
0: you know, there's, like, daily quests and all that kind of stuff. Um,
1: But overall, like,
0: it's an impressively well-put-together game with a super predatory gacha system because it's a single-player game, almost exclusively. There's, like, a little bit of co-op, there's a little bit of multiplayer, but almost exclusively it's a single-player game, which means people are more likely to excuse it for having predatory gacha because, well, it's just... It's just a single-player game. You don't get a competitive advantage, and for some reason, that's the only thing gamers think matters, which is that, that doesn't. People with addictive personalities are just gonna... Somebody spent $10,000 on a Transformers mobile game, and it sucks! And, like, what oh, even? God. How? How do you not have everything Stop. in the game at that point? Stop. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, I have complicated feelings about Genshin. I really, really do. Yeah.
1: I think if you're just playing it to like enjoy the open world RPG um that it offers then I think it's a lot of it- it'll it'll reward your time. Um yeah, definitely don't play it for the gacha because I've heard similar things from other yeah. people mm-hmm. who are also like super into ga- gacha and and that kind well, of stuff. Like they 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 do not recommend Genshin for gacha.
0: It's it's interesting because um you can actually see that um like milder gachas um, have inoculated gacha players against Genshin, but people who have played who play Genshin because the, it's not a gacha game necessarily, right? It doesn't market itself as a gacha game. It markets itself as a free-to-play, open-world uh, action right. RPG. And then people right. who would not play other forms of gacha are like, ooh, what's this? And then uh... end up spending a lot of money. So, like, initially I was like, who would spend money on this, right? Like, who right. would spend... All, who would? Why would you make this huge investment of a game? This, this map is, is wild. It's massive. It's a huge... There's two continents in, in it now, and they're going to add, like, six more, right? The development cost right. must be intense.
1: Right. So but if, if they're like, making, like, $4,000, $10,000 off of individual players...
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's when you learn, like, oh, oh... The gacha mm-hmm. system is, is catching people who have never played a gacha before, and it's mm-hmm. catching them hard, and you're like, wow, so suddenly it becomes not just, not just like, it, it's not how does they make money, it's wow, how much money are they going to make?
1: Yeah, for, for or they're already making. For
0: basically innovating uh, a new way to make money in the video game space, a new exploitative way yeah. to make money. That's actually ridiculous but it's also um, hard to compete against a game that has so much content for free. Yeah. Like it's kind of
1: nuts. Yeah, they already put the investment down for their game and they've already got it rolling. Yeah. China- and
0: I tell you Chinese companies yeah. are just
1: woof. Yeah.
0: They're they're in it. They're in it to win it. They um, they're
1: scary, man. Yeah.
0: Like mihoyo took all of their all of their Honkai Third Impact um money and they just were like we're going to develop genshin impact
1: by the way i mean yeah
0: Honkai: third impact and genshin impact have no official relationship to each other despite the fact that they are produced by the same company and both include the word impact
1: yeah yeah i was like when when genshin impact first came out i was like this sounds like that other game (laughs) 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 turns out (laughs) Uh. but yeah
0: so um that's Genshin Impact. Uh anyway, uh you were saying where can we find you on then what are you up to?
1: Anyway, yeah. Um anyway, I said my socials. Um I, I played that game. I've been playing Monster Hunter World. And hopefully by next week I'll know um where our Foster Kitty's status will be. That's good. Um whether he'll he'll be on the mend or he'll need more serious treatment. So um yeah. That that's about it. Cool. cool. <laughs> cool. cool. Yeah, how about you?
0: Uh, you can find me all the places at Literal Soup, which is actually now relevant again because I'm doing things on the internet, like writing essays and playing video games on the internet. So if you uh, are interested and um, you you have at this point missed the Dark Souls streams, but they're all on my YouTube channel, um, obviously. Uh, Literal Soup, uh, you can you can just find that. Um, I'll link to it. But all, all of the vods are saved there. You can see all of my shenanigans. I die a lot by falling. I fall off the map so many times. Uh, that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, uh, i would do that I just, I just can't control my character apparently um i fall a lot but this whatever um but yeah i finished dark souls in about 29 and a half hours uh i didn't do a ton of exploring necessarily i just kind of beat the game um but it was really fun i, I had a great time with that uh and all of the vods are, are saved I'm on my youtube you can see some, sometimes i turn on the kitten cam because uh <gasps> my cat likes to sit on my desk and I just angle Kitten the camera down Kitten. and I just turn it on, and you can just see him sleeping there while I play Dark Souls. Um, but I'm probably gonna play Yakuza at some point in the near yeah. future. Um, that the first stream for that might be might be coming up after this episode launches, even. Um, so that's yeah. exciting. You know, I'm other than that, I'm doing what I do. I do some writing on the side. I do some shit posting on on Twitter. Um, I <laughs> somewhat exist. I don't know. Um, it's been a it's been a weird it's been a weird thing. Um. Yeah, I've been feeling a little bit more productive lately, yeah. which is uh, very nice since I do too many things.
1: Um, ah,
0: good. But uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, and uh, I think that I think that's it. I think that's it. I think it's. I think yeah yeah. Ah, that's it. So <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: once again. Our opening is by Scotty Network, and sure. our ending is by Takuma Akara. And the patrons we are thanking this month are Evan, Frostfall, Cheru, Sean, Magpie, Maritest, Claire, and Dylan. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so, 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 so thank much. Thank you!
1: We really appreciate yeah. your continued support. <laughs> and everybody else listening, thank you for listening. Thank you! Me, 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 me. See you next time! だしたね